It's great to be here. Hi, it's great to be here today. It, it is such a joy and an honor to be carrying the gospel to Uganda. I'm so very thankful for that opportunity. I'm thankful to be here today, and I'm thankful that you join with us as we go to Uganda. The gospel is powerful. It's so full of life. It touches each one of us. And um, I'm thankful to the Lord that he's so worth it. He's worthy of everything that we have, everything that we are. So let's keep saying yes to Jesus in everything. Thank you. Uh, oh, man. I'm feeling pretty overwhelmed being here this morning. So uh, two weeks ago today, I was worshiping in Masaka, Uganda, uh, in a church made up primarily of former street kids. And um, it, the church started at 10 and ended at 2.30. And God told me to make myself at home this morning, so I'm not sure what that means. but uh, And uh, I had the privilege later that day of some people gathering around me to, to pray over me and send me out on a missions trip back to America. Uh, so I, I get to stand here partially representing a beautiful community of Jesus followers in Masaka, Uganda, who are praying for me and um, uh, praying for us today. So hello, greetings from them. Um, yeah, thank you so much. I, it was actually 1999, Guile, when we were first laid hands upon and commissioned from Believer's Church um, we had come back from after three tough years in Africa, not necessarily successful years, um, and really were uh, feeling like God wanted us to, to go back and continue trying, but we were searching for a community that would actively and lovingly send us. And um, we got to be part of Believer's Church. And uh, ever since 1999, uh, you all have been showing us what it means to, to love and to send us. Uh, we feel like the most well-sent and loved and cared for missionaries that are ever sent out. Um, and uh, you've been doing it both locally and internationally for, for us for a long time. And uh, so even though I don't know many of you, many of you I do, lots of old friends, I just want to say thank you to this congregation, to this family, um, to Guile, to Anna and John, uh, and uh, just to, to you for, for sending us, for praying for us, for believing in us. Uh, we haven't always done a great job. Uh, we haven't always been successful, but uh, you've believed in us and stuck with us for however many years that is. So thank you. It means a lot to us. Uh, I also do want to just acknowledge and say thank you to some people that came to be with us this morning. Thank you for ORU Missions uh, for being here. It's so amazing to see you all. And of course, to our Boiler Room family. Um, uh, yeah, it's so good to see you. So good to be with you. Can't wait to be spend more time with you, and uh, just thanks for coming to support us today. Uh, and Lisa, thank you for being here. Also, Lisa's House Ministries, and uh, overwhelming. Um, in Uganda, our vision simply is to uh, work with what Jesus is doing and catalyzing movements of disciple-making so that people come to Jesus and grow in him and learn to obey him and share him with others who will then also become followers of Jesus and be discipled and disciple others who will disciple others who will disciple others. And that's our kind of mantra and that's our prayer and that's the thing that, that 
uh, is just beating in our heart and, and that we're longing for and working for. And um, we are just amazed that the Lord gets, has allowed us to be part of, of that work. And um, maybe some of you would, would be interested in finding out more and coming and, and seeing what's happening. So uh, most of you would be welcome to come. There's probably a few of you who, who might not, but um, <laughs> you know who you are. Uh, but uh, we, uh, we are um, planning like a, a residency time for, for people who would like to experience cross-cultural disciple-making and learn a little bit about that. Um, so if you want to hear more about that, please talk to us afterwards. Um, we're also, um, someone, uh, friends in Uganda, Ugandan friends, gave us a beautiful plot of land for, completely for free. Uh, it's now registered in our name. And uh, we have a vision and a goal of, of building a small team and training center where we can have retreats and, and training for people who are, who are um, just learning about discipleship and, and following Jesus. So if you'd like to learn more about that or help contribute to that, we'd love to talk to you as well. And I think we'll be kind of standing out there afterwards. So I think that's all of that stuff. Yeah. Please pray with me. Father, it's so good to be in your presence. It's so good to worship with your people. Uh, it's so good to, to know you and to be known by you. And I just ask that in these next few minutes that we have together today, God, that you, by your Holy Spirit, would speak to us and that you would do something in our hearts and, and just pull us to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, my, I'm going to read just a couple of verses in a minute from Matthew 13, verse 31. Um, but my heart really is kind of along the lines of what Guy was just sharing about, about trust and, under, and, and trust and understanding. And specifically in the area of, I, I would love us to, to have a little bit of a confidence boost in the work of God specifically and how he brings his kingdom into this dark and broken world. And specifically how he, he brings his kingdom through um, often insignificant feeling and broken people like me and you. And I would love for us to go out from here today a little bit more confident that that is indeed what he is doing and that is what he longs to do even more, is to bring his kingdom, his righteousness, his goodness, his power, his salvation, his life uh, to this world that we, that the brokenness is so obvious and so clear, but through us, through imperfect, weak, small, um, average people like us. And also to maybe inspire us or challenge us to, to go a little bit deeper in devotion to some very simple practices that can help us to do that. Um, unfortunately, I was, I was really thinking and preparing and wanting to come up with something profound and impressive to share with you this morning, and uh, that escaped me as it often does. But I do have some just simple thoughts that maybe would be good reminders for us, and um, hopefully you'll be able to, to take it in that vein. Uh, but a scripture that has just been at the heart of just our personal lives and, and our, what we've endeavoring to do in Uganda for the last year is Matthew 13, 31, and 32. And it says, Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch in its branches. And um, this, 
this story that, or this little parable picture that Jesus gives is actually a theme that we can see running throughout the Bible from Genesis to Revelation of how God chooses to use people and things that are uh, small, that seem insignificant, that are unexpected. And he uses them to bring forth his rule, his kingdom into the world. And um, in, this, in this picture, uh, the thing that he's comparing the kingdom of God to is a seed, and the specific thing about this seed that he's drawing our attention to is that it is the smallest. It's not one of the smallest. It is the smallest, he says. And that is how uh, Jesus is saying, this is what the kingdom of God is. This is one way of looking at the kingdom. It, it is like this seed that is the smallest thing. And we're used to this parable, and we've read it many times, and we've heard it many times, but how in the world do you describe the kingdom of God? That is like the biggest thing is bigger than we can imagine. It's bigger than our galaxy, our universe. And yet Jesus is choosing to describe it and to tell us that it is like the seed that is the smallest. And it should be, you know, it should be a little bit disorienting and baffling to us that what is, how is he describing this kingdom this, that is so great? And yet it is like the seed that is so small. It is the smallest seed. But that's what he's doing. And, he's, and again, we see this Throughout Scripture, this is a description of how the kingdom works, that God, when he wanted to bring uh, redemption to the world that has been lost, he chose a man, Abraham. And through him, he chose a nation that was an insignificant nation. And we can look at individuals like Gideon, you know, the, the story where he's the, the, the least of the clan of the least of the tribes of Israel. We look at David, who's, who didn't even get to come before the prophet when he was choosing a king because he was too small and insignificant. And over and over and over again, Jesus himself born in a stable, um, so unexpected, so insignificant. Stories like um, the feeding of the 5,000 where just a few loaves of bread and fish that were offered were enough to feed the 5,000 and more. And, and throughout the scripture, this theme of God choosing what is small, God choosing what is insignificant, God choosing what is unexpected, to do the thing that he longs to do in the earth, which is to bring his love and his redemption, his presence, his kingdom. And Jesus said that's what the kingdom is like. Um, and so the, the, the beautiful thing about that is um, it's all-inclusive. <clears throat> so for me personally, this, this resonates on a, on, a, on a deep level because um, maybe like you, I am always aware of my... Um, insufficiencies. I'm always aware of how I don't measure up and um, how, uh, how at the best, maybe average I am, you know, my, how my gifts are not like obvious and, and dominant out there or whatever. Um, but it includes me because it says the smallest. And uh, it also is a challenge because it kind of eliminates all of our excuses there's not one of us in this room who can say, I'm not qualified. There's not one of us who can say, I don't have the capacity to be a, a, a conduit of the kingdom. I'm too busy, or I'm too weak, or I don't have enough of this, or I don't know enough. Uh, I, I'm too poor. I'm too uneducated. I'm too whatever. None of us, it's completely leveled. There's no excuses for us because all of us, uh, he said, the smallest, the smallest, um, so it's a beautiful thing to me 
Um, but it's also a challenging thing, and, and it should challenge all of us. And I think that Jesus longs to bring his kingdom through all of us. And it's not through the grand and the big and the, the thing that you know, draws a lot of attention, but his kingdom comes powerfully uh, when it is coming through small things, through people that uh, you know, the world doesn't notice, through events that the world doesn't notice. And that is, uh, I think it's even more than an inspiration, it's even more than uh, a, a challenge, but I think it's, even, it's a strategy that Jesus gives us that the kingdom comes through what is the s- small. And um, we want to get that through our, through our minds, through our hearts, that if we want to be people who bring the kingdom, and we do, God wants that of us. God wants that of you. He wants you to participate in the coming of his kingdom into this world. And the way that he wants to do it is probably through something that you consider to be insignificant or something that you consider to be uh, power, powerless or, or not impressive. And yet, if all of us, this room full of people, I don't know how many people are here, but if all of us would just get a little bit, you know, if all of us are um, more, a little bit more intentional about how we allow the kingdom to come and how we even foster the kingdom to come through our lives, I think that, I think that we would see, uh, we would see his, his presence, we would see his rule, we would see his activity more. Another thing that this parable shows us is that the work of God is under the, is under the, the ground, it's under the surface a lot of the time. And so we, um, we don't necessarily see it, it's not obvious to us. It starts with something small and then it goes into the ground. And, and then we can, we can often assume that God, that, that didn't work or that God is not working or that uh, it, you know, it's just as insignificant as we thought. It's just under the surface. But God is doing something under the surface. And God is spreading out the roots and he's preparing that tree to come out of the ground so that it can become something that the birds of the air come and, and nest in. So the work of God is something that comes through what is small and the work of God is something that happens unseen. We don't notice it. You know, it, it doesn't do us any good to keep going and trying to dig up that seed and see what's happening. That's, that, that is not helpful. Uh, so we have to, what, trust. There's, there's a point in every endeavor of the kingdom where it, we, we just have to trust that God is doing something because it would seem that what we did didn't produce anything and didn't work. And so we, we have to just step into that. I don't understand it, but I just got to trust that, that God is at work. And even though it seems small, it seems insignificant, God is, God is there doing something. And uh, I just want to, this doesn't necessarily come out of this parable, but just out of um, our... Uh, simple experiences. I want to share three things that we can do that we can step into to help us become people who are just planting those mustard seeds. And again, it's, it's, not, it's not anything uh, that you've not heard before and you're going to be like, yeah, I know that, and I know that, I know that. But maybe if we can just up our devotion to it and up our confidence in these, in these simple practices a little bit more, um, then you never know what we might see. And the first one is to pray. Big revelation. Um, God wants us to pray. And when, we, and when we pray, that is oftentimes the beginning of the work of the kingdom, is to just come before God and get his heart for the world. Get, allow him to share with us some of his burden. Allow him to open our eyes to see the world as he sees it. And allow him to, to, to fill our hearts with what is in his heart for the world. 
And I'm sure that all of us here pray to some degree, and that is wonderful. Thank you. But we can, we can uh, again, we can, we can be even more devoted to prayer, but we can, we can use some of our time in prayer to pray, just as Jesus taught us, your kingdom come. We can pray for the lost. We can, we can get specific. Maybe there's one person that we can say, I'm going to pray for this person who's far from Jesus, and I'm going to pray and pray and pray. Uh, mustard seed prayers until something happens. Maybe there's a particular demographic or group of people or neighborhood or work or situation, and we're just going to doggedly pray. We're going to commit to pray for God's kingdom to come. And we're going to believe that under the surface, as we're planting these seeds, that God is actually doing something. And as we pray, we're going to pray with open ears and open hearts. We're going to take time to listen to what he's saying. And part of our prayers, we're going to allow to be the here am I, send me kind of prayers of Isaiah where we're, we're saying, okay, God, we're praying. We, we see the needs and we see things that, that need to happen. We're praying that you would do something. But we're also going to say, God, I'm here. If, if you need me to do anything about any of this, I'm available. And you might not know how, how you could or, or you know, how you could have the time or how, how you would have the know-how, but just say, I'm available. It's just, can we just begin with that and, and continually let him know, I'm praying for these things and I'm also available somehow, though I... Maybe I don't have a clue as to how that's going to go down. Um, in uh, the, the first few months when we were in Uganda, uh, we, stayed in, we were staying in this village, and uh, Jill, my wife, would go walking uh, and prayer walking um, regularly, m- multiple times a week. And as she would walk around praying for the village and just praying, she would pray for people, and often she would stop and talk to them. And, um, one t- and she... One of the people that she got to, to know a little bit as she was walking and praying was a lady named Regina. And um, at, at one point, uh, as Jill was, was doing this and, and praying, um, she just had this impression that God put in her heart that uh, she first encountered Regina under a certain tree in the village. And she just went up to her and they had a conversation. And, and then Jill kind of went on her way, continued to pray. But God put it on her heart that, that I'm going to begin a, a small, we call them, Mustard Seed Fellowship is just um, people coming together to learn how to obey Jesus and make him known to others. And God just put it in her heart that I'm going to start, I want, there's going to be one under this tree and that Regina is going to play a role in it. And, but Regina herself didn't necessarily seem interested when, when Jill would bring up the Bible or, or, or Jesus. But she'd just been praying. So for months, she just would walk and pray and pray that God would fulfill that thing that he put in, in her heart. Um, and then... I don't know, seven, eight months later, we had, uh, we had a team from ORU came. And, and Jill had told, there was several other people in this village who had come to Jesus in the, in the ensuing months. And, and one day, Jill told one of them, can you just lead us around to somebody that you would like us to share the gospel with? And so she went with some of the members of the team, and, and she, they're walking along, and without Jill having said anything to her, she went to that tree, and under that tree was Regina. And they shared the gospel with Regina, and that day she confesses, I want to follow Jesus. And from that day on, they started meeting together under that tree with several people who had not known Jesus that were giving their lives to him, and just simply reading the Bible together, talking about how we can obey it, and how we can make him known to other people. Just a simple thing God put in her heart, pray for this, this tree and for this person. And after, after six or seven or eight months, the fruit of it started to come out. Uh, it's amazing what God can do when we pray and when we open ourselves up to, to hearing from him 
and to just obeying the simple things that he puts in our heart. And so even as you know, we fill a whole week with prayer, what might happen if we, if we uh, close out our times of prayer, those hour slots, by saying, and, I, and here am I, send me into all of the things I just prayed for. Send me. Uh, let me know. I'm available. What might happen? Uh, what, what mustard seed expressions of the kingdom might start to come out? Uh, I love the, the prayer that Paul asked the Ephesians to pray for him. You know, at, after he was talking about the, the armor of God, and he said, and, and pray for me, and pray always for me, and pray that I would fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. And then he repeats it. Pray that I would declare it, the, the gospel, uh, fearlessly as I should. And that's, that's how he was asking them to pray. And what a beautiful thing that we can pray for our friends. Pray, pray that, John, that God would help you to declare the gospel fearlessly as you should. Pray that, my friends, that they would have the power to declare the gospel fearlessly as they should and pray it for ourselves as well. And maybe, you know, I know that it's, it's not easy, is it, to, to bring the gospel, to bring Jesus into the situations and the, the concerns and the people in our life. But maybe if we start to pray for one another for that fearlessness, for that boldness, that maybe God answers those prayers. And maybe we find ourselves being able to do the thing that really seemed too difficult before. Um, and so I think Paul believed that, and he was in tough situations. He's like, pray that I would say it fearlessly, as I should. Like, we all know the as I should part. We all know that, yeah, I should, yeah, I should. And it causes guilt and all of this. So Paul just turned that to prayer and say, yeah, I, I should, but I don't. So pray for me that I would do as I should do. And, and he does, and he will if we just believe it. Maybe not tomorrow, but what if we're consistent again in that prayer? Praying for my friends that they would fearlessly declare the gospel as they should. And we don't need to be, you know, we don't need to be great at it. We don't need to be professional intercessors. Uh, we just need to know that we need. We just need to know that uh, we can't do it without him. And we need to have some degree of trust, at least to get us started, that he hears us and that he answers these kinds of prayers. And so if we want to be sowing mustard seeds of the kingdom that, that grow and that birds of the air can come, uh, Let's be devoted to prayer. Again, I know that we are. Uh, I know that we are. Um, but let's continue in that. Let's, and let's be confident in it. Sometimes we, sometimes we can be devoted to prayer, but we just lose our confidence in it. We're just, we're, we, we're praying and we're praying, we're doing our thing, but we don't really expect that anything will happen or that anything is happening. But again, remember, those, it's beneath the surface. God is at work. And our prayers in some mysterious way that we don't understand are somehow contributing to that work of the kingdom that is happening underground. Uh, but then as we pray, uh, can we, we, let's also, again, let's do something. And uh, let's open ourselves up. As we pray, hear my send me. Let's, let's respond. Be ready to respond to the nudgings of the Holy Spirit or to what we read in the Word or uh, even just to opportunities that we get in front of us. Um, let's, let's be willing to plant that seed. Let's Let's, let's be willing to do something. And I know that our lives are busy and they're hectic and we can't, we don't, you know, we just, we feel like we're most of the time just surviving and keeping our head above water. But even so, even so, the smallest thing, the smallest thing, if we give it to, if we give it to him, he does things with it. He, just, he, he does. Um, sometimes it's not immediate, but he does. Um, and so let's be, let's be ready. Let's be ready to take action. Uh, in Uganda, again, 
we, uh, we do simple trainings where we meet with people and we talk about how can we share our faith and how can we disciple those that, that we share the gospel with. And um, it's just been, it's amazing to see, to see how God has, uh, is bearing fruit in this. And, and I'll share a little bit more in a minute about when it doesn't seem like he is. But um, our daughter Hannah was, was walking just in her neighborhood with, with my wife one day. And they were intentionally going out and praying and asking if God would highlight someone that they could share with. And there was, there's a vegetable stand where the, there's a lady who sells fruit and vegetables. And uh, Jill had bought from her a few times. And so they were walking by her and there was no customers. And so they just went up and started talking with her. And she was really friendly and welcoming. And uh, my, my 15-year-old daughter just said, can I, can I just share with you the story of Jesus? And she shared with her a she, she was like, yes, please do. And she shared the simple gospel about how Jesus loves us. And he came down into the broken world and showed us who God is and how we're meant to live and that he died for us so that he could take all of our sins upon him and, and give us the gift of his righteousness and his goodness and how he rose again and, and he's preparing a place for us. And he, and he has the Holy Spirit to send to us. Just very simple, the gospel. And um, she was like, wow, that's, she, was, she, was, she was asking questions. She was interested, but... You know, she wasn't ready to pray a prayer at that moment. Um, but, but then uh, Hannah asked her, so would, what would you think of if we just read the Bible together sometimes? If I, if I came by and you didn't have any customers and we read the Bible, she was like, oh, that would be fantastic. I would love that. And so at least once a week after that, she started going and just reading a passage of Scripture and talking about what it means and how they can obey it. And after doing that three times, uh, Juliet said, I, I want to follow Jesus. I want to commit to this. I want my life to be changed. And so they prayed, and she gave her life to Jesus. And they were able to continue going back to her little shop and just discipling her through reading the scriptures together. So simple. Um, something that didn't take even a lot of, a lot of time, and it was in the normal uh, kind of routine of life. But what a beautiful thing. What a beautiful expression. Um, there's uh, another, there's one of the girls who is in the... Um, I mentioned the church service that I was at two weeks ago, and it's a, it, there's a ministry that reaches out to street kids, and uh, there's a few weeks ago, maybe a month or two ago, I was there while they were, they were uh, playing soccer, and I was watching, um, definitely not playing, but I was watching on the side this, as the, some of the kids were playing soccer, some of the older ones, and this girl, Tracy, who's about 15 years old, came running up to me, and she was like, Uncle Tim, you remember that thing that that we were doing about like discipleship and the Bible. I was like, yeah, I, I kind of remember that. And she's like, I'm, I'm doing that. Like in my school, I have 10 friends and we're reading the Bible and we're doing that discipleship. And can you pray for me? Cause I want to be an evangelist and I want to go around and tell people about Jesus. And her, light, her face was just lit up. A few years ago, she was without hope living on the street. Just, it just, weighted down with life, with the dark, all the darkness that this world has to, to throw at us. It just defeated her. And now her, her face is just glowing. And she said, I'm doing that discipleship thing. And I, I want to tell more people about Jesus. The kingdom of God is beautiful. Jesus is amazing. And we get to be part of it in these small, simple ways. How does he, how does he do that? How does he grip us and change our lives? I don't know. But it's, it's amazing. Uh, Emily, who was with us, was teaching in a school. And she just started telling the other teachers, hey, how about we study the Bible together at lunchtime one day, one day a week. And teachers 
started coming and reading the Bible together, and several of them gave their lives to Jesus. Just, just by reading the Bible together for 20 minutes uh, every week uh, at their lunch break at school. Uh, there's another lady, Ida, a, a grandmother, and she, um, she started spending some time with us and, and going out on some outreaches, and uh, she told me just a couple months ago, she's like, I, I've, I've followed Jesus for a long time, I know him, I love him, but I never shared the gospel with people. I never thought that I could. But she said, but now, like, hardly a day goes by without me talking to somebody about Jesus. And she was just so filled with joy about that because God answers prayer because she wanted this. And we prayed and we, and we talked and, and here she is. Um, on another one of her people that Jill met on, on her walks and was this lady named Hamiette. And um, Hamiette was normally intoxicated when Jill would encounter her and sometimes Philip would, was walking with her and uh, she was a little bit intimidating and she was just kind of crazy and she would say wrong things and inappropriate things to Philip and you know she's just uncomfortable. Uh, you should kind of come out and grab hold of you and just kind of hang on you and um, and everybody just kind of you know laugh at her and stuff because she's just kind of the, the drunk and she's kind of funny. Um, but uh, one day they were again they were going uh, through the village, and they were looking, they, they had talked to some people before about who, who might be interested in reading the Bible together, and so they were going to go to a couple of different places where they had gotten good responses, and Hamiet saw them from, you know, as they were walking by, and she just decided to go out and follow them along and, you know, help them out, and um, she wasn't extremely helpful, as you can imagine, but, uh, you know, and they're thinking, oh, she's such a distraction, she's, you know, not super thrilled that she's hanging around. Uh, but she, you know, she sat in on the Bible studies. And uh, at the second Bible study of the day, she was like, I want to follow Jesus. And I'm like, okay. Because, uh, you know, there's some, sometimes you just can't see it, you know. Um, <laughs> and, but the, the place where they were, were sharing, um, there, was, there was this older lady, they called her Jada. She's a grandmother, it means grandmother. And she's, pretty physically disabled, so she doesn't get around much. She pretty much spends her day sitting in front of her house or in her house. And uh, that day, she had, she had, been, she had really strongly welcomed the, the, just coming to read the Bible, and she gave her life to Jesus that day. And she also opened up, and you know, she said, I can't go out places and, and share, but she'd be willing to have people come to her place and read the Bible together. And so Hamiet became one of the people who would go to, to uh, Rusty's place every week to, to read the Bible. And and as they got to know her more, she was still drunk a decent amount of the time. But she started to tell them why she was drinking and, and just her backstory that was just so filled with pain and so filled with hardship. Uh, and they began to really pray for her and get to know her. And, and she came to a point where she said, I, I really do want to follow Jesus. I want to stop drinking. This is not the person I want to be. And they prayed with her and, and walked with her. And then, you know, a couple months later, she would come up and she'd be sober. And then the next week and the next week. And, and then her neighbors started saying, yeah, we haven't, she hasn't been drinking for like a month or two. And it wasn't the last time, but, you know, there's ups and downs. Uh, but her life is being transformed. And this person who was just, just trying to dull the pain, that's all she was doing from, from morning to night, is just trying to somehow cope with the pain that was in her life. And now she has Jesus. And her life is being transformed, and she has hope, and she has joy. Uh, Jill was able to get a Bible to her. And when she brought her the Bible, 
I mean, the reaction of this woman, she, she just was shouting and celebrating. She got down on her knees and was just embracing Jill. She was like, ah, oh, the word of God, I can have it now. Her life is being transformed. I mean, Jesus is amazing. And his, his ability to do powerful and amazing things through ridiculous people like us is just astounding. It's astounding. Uh, again, we can't, can't figure it out, we don't understand it, but we know that he's amazing and that he can do incredible things and he loves to do incredible things. So all that to say, just, I don't know what God will put in your heart, but just try stuff. Uh, pray and, tr- and it might feel foolish and you know, you might need to be praying for months for just to get the courage or whatever, but do it. Don't give up. Don't give up praying. And you might say, I'm going to talk to that person. I'm going to invite that person to a Bible study. And you see them 10 times and you don't have the guts to, to invite them. Keep praying. Keep praying because God's going to do something in you. And one day you are going to invite them. And maybe they'll say yes. And you don't know what will happen from there. So uh, let's bring some intentionality into our, into our days. How can we introduce Jesus into the circumstances that we find ourselves in every day? And beyond that, honestly, a lot of us can, can carve out some time and we can go and we can do something. Um, I mean, there's so many opportunities, isn't there? You can hook up with Dane and do No Place Left. There's, you can go and, and, and talk to Paul about volunteering at the merchant and uh, you can do Thursday Night Light and you can help welcome refugees. And I, there's just the opportunities to step out. And then... That doesn't even count all the things that God might put in your heart to start. The, the crazy idea that he might give to you that would one day become a tree that are attracting birds that are nesting in its branches. You just, the, the, it's endless what God can do. Uh, if we'll just be, yeah, I'm, a, I'm here, I'm available, and then just start trying stuff. And if you fail, it is so okay. Uh, just keep trying. Just keep trying. Uh, yeah. And then the last thing I want to mention, so pray and do something, and then uh, persevere. Persevere. Don't give up, because uh, it's been amazing. Like, I've, sh- I've shared a few stories with you from Uganda, and honestly, I'm, I'm blown away by the fruit that we've been able to see in Uganda in the past year. It's not because of anything uh, incredible with me, I, I, because, you know, that hasn't happened in my life in all of the previous years. Um, but we need to persevere sometimes, and sometimes it's hard. And it is hard to, to, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, in 2022, it's hard to share the gospel and make disciples. And people do seem hard, and they, they seem like, yeah, I've been there and done that. And there's so many obstacles. Uh, so, again, that's, that's why we need the power of God, but uh, we also need to persevere. Uh, William Carey is considered the father of modern missions. And one, t- one time he was, uh, towards the end of his life, he told his son, he's like, I know that at some point someone might decide they want to write the story of my life. And if they do, um, if, they say, if, if they say that um, I was, that these things were accomplished because I plotted, then you'll know that they're onto something. But if they, if they try to attribute it to any great gift or anything else, then they, they missed it. But if they mentioned that I plotted, that he said, because there's one thing I can do, I can, I can give myself, I can persevere in any determined end. Uh, without giving up. And that's, that's all. That's all I had to offer, is that I can plod. And uh, I think we need some holy plodding to just, just stick in there and, and to not give up. Maybe to not give up on that one person that God has put on your heart. 
Maybe there's three people that God, and maybe there's, you know, this week you're celebrating. Wow, it's amazing. God touched them and healed them, and amazing things are happening. And the next week, you know, they're not. And uh, life is just up and down like that, and, and we have to persevere. We have to just keep trying. And maybe we try this, and, and we fall on our face, and we try that, and we fall on our face. And, but just keep on applying. Don't give up. Don't give up that God is bringing his kingdom through you. Don't give up on the people that he's put in your life already. Don't give up on that idea or dream that he's put in your heart to do. Uh, and, and, and have the long game in mind. I mean, you know, as, as a parent, you have small children. You're, you're discipling them for years. You don't expect them to, you don't, you don't expect all the fruit of the labor that you're putting into them to, to come out today, tomorrow. Uh, but let's, let's plot, let's persevere, let's, let's trust that he is at work. Again, I keep saying that. Uh, there's, there's one lady uh, who's a friend of ours in Uganda, and a long-term friend uh, for more than 20 years. Her name is, her name is Queen Betty. Uh, her husband always started introducing her as Queen Betty everywhere he went until that just became her name. Everyone, now everyone calls her Queen Betty. Um, but uh, she's a dear friend, and when we moved back, when we moved to Uganda about a year ago, uh, we went to see her, and honestly, uh, we thought she was dying. She, she would just lay down on the floor. She had no life in her. She had tumor in her jaw and a couple others in her body, and all of her talk was just about uh, how she wasn't going to make it and, and what it was going to be like for her family after, and she was ready to die. Uh, and, you know, we prayed for her. People prayed for her, uh, and she just kind of s- still lingering on, and eventually... Uh, you know, she started getting a little bit better and a little bit better. Um, we started doing a, a discipleship training in the church uh, where, where she and her husband pastor, and their, their house is right next to the church. And so she would, she would kind of slowly come from, the, from her house, and she would just sit on a mat and lean against the floor and kind of half lie down as we did the, these trainings and just kind of be there, not say anything. And then uh, within a few weeks, she was kind of participating a little bit more in and then there would be times where we would ask people just to share, you know, what, you know, what, how, what's been happening over the course of the, the week or two since we met. And she started telling us these stories like, she'd be like, oh, yeah, I woke up this day and, and I had energy. So uh, I went to the hospital and started praying for patients. Um, then I came back home and, you know, the rest of the week I was just tired. I, was just, I just stayed in bed. And then another week, she'd be like, yeah, there was a few days where I had energy. So I got up and I started going around. And there's this group of prostitutes that I found. And I started going and sharing Jesus with them. And any time that she had a bit of energy, <laughs> she was like, oh, this must mean that it's time for me to go and pray with somebody or share the gospel with somebody. And she, she just started getting more and more of those days where she had energy. And so she, just, I mean, she was just doing all kinds. She had groups meeting in all kinds of different places of people who had just come to Jesus just within like a couple of months. And uh, she said, I thought I, was, I thought I was dying, but I'm alive, and I don't want to waste one day. I just want to give it all to Jesus. Yeah. Sorry. She, uh, it impacts me because she's just, she's been captivated by him. And she's not, you know, she's not, it's not this dull duty that she's like, oh, I, you know, I better do this so that he'll heal me or something like that. He's, she's just so grateful to him for the life that he's given to her. And she wants to make him known. And uh, so she's just giving her, herself. Every day she's like, I don't want to waste a day. I just want to. 
I just want to tell people about Jesus. And I mean, her influence over a few months had, had just spread. It was crazy. I was with actually Stu and Sydney, and we were in a place four hours away from where Betty lives. And um, we, were, we were doing an outreach with some other, uh, with another church, and we got a message that there were these people who were, who were um, asking us to come to where they were because they had been taught by Betty about discipleship and planning churches, and they were starting a new church in this village. And so, like, we got lost, and it was this whole adventure, but we ended up in this place, and there's a whole new church starting from this guy who had been taught by her about sharing the gospel and making disciples. Uh, and so the, the influence of just, you know, this weak person that just about seemed like she's about to die, uh, what, what mustard seed things are happening through her life is just amazing. Again, Jesus, uh, it's amazing what he can do, and it's amazing what he wants to do and what he will do. Um, but we need to persevere because it, it can be hard. Uh, and and, and our, our faith can be assaulted that, man, is God really doing anything here? And yeah, those stories in Uganda are great, but man, I'm not, I'm not seeing it here. And Guile and I have had many conversations over the years trying to figure out how do we do this? How do we make disciples who will, who will, who will turn around and, and lead other people to Jesus? And you know, one writer said the spontaneous expansion of the church. We're like, spontaneous? Heck, how do we see that? Uh, but we got to keep trying. We got to just keep plotting and praying and believing and having faith. And Jesus goes on from that parable. He tells another parable a few minutes later where he says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that is hidden in a field. And a man found the treasure and um, went and sold everything that he had. And he came back and bought the field so that he could have the treasure. And I think Honestly, I think more than anything, we need to pray, we need to, we need to do stuff, we need to persevere, but we need to cultivate that captivating image of Jesus that would make us enjoy, without thought, without, without squabbling, without you know, bargaining, say, I'm going to sell everything so that I can get this treasure. You know, Jesus was, was at the home of Mary and Martha, and he, he tells them, there's one thing that, that is needed. Like, you're worried about many things. You're distracted by many things, but there's one thing that's needed. He doesn't say, like, there's a lot of things that needed, but there's one thing that's most important. He said there's one thing that's needed. And a lot of us have spent a lot of years following Jesus, but we, we haven't been captivated to the degree where we could say it's one thing. He is all I need. He's all I want. He's everything. Like, I would joyfully, like, it's not, I, I, I wouldn't have to go and think and pray and fast about it. I would joyfully sell everything to attain Jesus. Because I've seen, I've, I've, I've been captivated by something about him. I don't understand him. I don't understand him. But he loves me. And how could he love me? And, and I love him, and I want to express my love to him. Uh, one thing, Jesus. And as our hearts are captivated by that, and then as we begin to just sow these seeds of the kingdom, um, we can expect, I think we can expect, even here in Tulsa, we can expect those trees to, to come up and, and people be attracted. So uh, that's, what I, that's what I have to share with you. And I'd just like to pray with you this morning. Jesus, uh, you are so good to us and we're so, uh, so bad at trying to express how wonderful you are. And God, it is in my heart today to just come up here and, and, and glorify you and, and show how wonderful and amazing you are. And yet our words just always fall short. 
because you're so great. You're beyond us. You're beyond our mind. You're beyond our understanding. And yet, you interact with us, and you do teach us, and you do give us revelation, and you do lead us. And so I just pray, God, that for each one of us, for those who are discouraged, God, can you encourage us today? Can you encourage us that you are at work? Um, for those who, who feel useless, God, who feel too, just too caught up in the, in the cares of life, God, can you show us? Um, if we just say that we're available, Lord, we don't have to work out the details. Can you show us then what it is that, you, that you're calling us to do and help us to, to be faithful to obey that? And, and God, I pray for each one of us that you would give us the grace to fearlessly declare the gospel as we should. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Tim. Isn't that good? Okay, so quick review. What was the main point of the parable of of the mustard seed? God works through what? God works through the small. So we can all qualify, right? Then three practices. What were those three practices? Pray, do something, and persevere. So God works through the small. That means we're all qualified. Pray, do something, and persevere. Here's, here's a way we can act right now. So these guys, when they get back to Uganda, are going to be ready to try to actually build this center on the land that they've actually been given to do. And so if you go, there's two ways you could give to the ways. One is, you know, you could write a check or just put money in the box outside the door. If you want to go online onto the BC Tulsa website, so bctulsa.com, you can go under ministries, and you can get down into our missionaries and give directly to the ways. It goes straight to them on our website, okay? Oh, and this technology would work too. So if you've got your phone, aim it at that QR code, and it'll take you right where you need to go that you can give to that uh, project Another thing, Tim has wrote a great book. Jerry Lout texted me. He said, don't let us get out. He's written a great book called Scent. It's called Scent by Tim Way. If you go on Amazon, it's right there right now. Buy Tim's book. It's a fabulous book. And I'm just going to take a little risk here. Um, I felt like when I, when this was right at the end of our service, and you were mentioning that center, I think there's actually a couple people here that God's actually calling you to build this thing. And I don't even know what that means. But something's going on inside of you. And so talk to Tim and Jill after this in the hallway. That he's actually saying, you know, I want you to go build that. Um, Just taking a risk. If that's you, just talk to them. You you all can figure that out. Um, Let's stand together. So how how many small people are here? Okay. So... Lord, will you help us to pray? Help us to pray. Lord, in fact, maybe you'll bring one person to our mind, that annoying neighbor that's always going into my yard and stopping me, that one person. Lord, to come into your, Lord, bring someone to mind right now that we can pray for. And then, Lord, would you just clearly, just like you did with Jill, It wasn't even Jill's idea to have a church under a tree. It was your idea. You fulfill your ideas way better than ours. Would you show us what we can do?
Will you show us what we can do? Maybe even right now. And then, Lord, will you give us that, just that, like gum on the shoe perseverance. We can just be gum on a shoe. (laughs) Nothing fancy. We just stick around. We just stick around. Help us to do it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you want to talk to the ways, please do so. If you want to meet Jesus, come up and talk to us. Today's your day. Have a great week. We love you.